Recording. This, uh, this episode is being recorded under duress. Ladies and gentlemen, breaking news. Dan Duran has showed up even though he's incredibly sick. He's got resting death face. <laughs> Poor Dan. Here I am. You know, ready to go. No, no. Dan's only going to be with us for a short time, Fred, because look at him. As soon, Even before he spoke, I could just see his upper oh, lip yeah. looks like it's raw from, being, from blowing his nose. Yes. Yeah. I've gone through lots of Kleenex. This, uh, yes. Big his pile. face is really carrying the results of his duress. Mm-hmm. No doubt yep. about that. And you asked a good question a second ago. I thought if Dan Duran had a big-time part... In a commercial or moving picture show today, what would you do? What would he do? What would you do, Dan? Well, I uh, well, I'll do. I would do everything I can do to make it, especially as a, a motion picture idea, mm-hmm. because you you let a lot of people down when you when you call in. But mm-hmm. uh, if I was doing radio or whatever, I would have called in. If in that situation, uh, you, you know, I'll take whatever Neo Citrons or whatever I can get to push myself up there but everything I've taken so far really hasn't had any effect I did do a, a, a COVID test by the way and mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm good so far have I mean, you ever I know listen we've all it's rarely but we've all called in sick to radio have you ever yep. called in sick to a set no I've never called in sick to a set the only the only one is when I have the chainsaw thing but that was it well, we get that we understand. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's right. He called in and said, "I don't think I, I, I can come in today because parts of my face were sh- chainsawed off by Jeff Lumby." Couldn't you? <clears throat> couldn't you just grab the script and say, "Here's an idea. Let's write it into the script that this character has a bad cold." Right. There's yeah. always ways around these things. <laughs> yeah, you're you're right. Uh, that would never happen though in a big multi-million dollar uh, production. They wouldn't. They wouldn't defer that much for me because uh, you know the great Dan Duran isn't that great well the thing is I thought I was paying attention but you were starting that sentence Fred and and I thought where you were going to go is you know Dan's on the set and he goes I've got a great idea let's say the anchorman has been chainsawed in the face Oh, that one, yes. <laughs> like, I mean, what about... A disgruntled you? viewer comes in with a chainsaw. <laughs> That's right. Runs it across my face. He goes up to, a director, to the director and he's like, okay, I've got a great idea. See how half of my face has been chained off, chainsawed off. We, we read it into the... And our, in other news, Spider-Man's a loose on the city. But my face has been chainsawed by one of the villains. Oh, right. We'd have to create a villain for that as well. Yeah. Anyway, Dan, oh, yeah. thank you for uh, showing up. Dan's uh, going to be here, Fred, for just a minute or two longer. And then it's just uh, you and me, baby. Uh, and then we've got uh, e- emails and all kinds of stuff today. So oh, Exciting show. We're we're, oh, we'll, we'll try and be as entertaining oh, as we yeah, can. Like you'll listen to it, Dan. <laughs> Come on. I don't well, think Dan's yeah, ever heard this yeah. program. <laughs> I, I don't either. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Well, I'm sure I'll listen to it at some point because I want to catch up on what the listeners have to say because it's a big email show today, right? So, yeah, it's a big email show. Well, Dan, I, you, I, tell them now. Is, is Dan mentioned in any of the emails today? <laughs> Unf- you know what? Usually Dan is, but uh, in the yeah. ones that we've curated for today's program, there is no mention yeah. of Donald Duran. Oh, well. well I'll put it, it off it's in, except in spirit. Oh, yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. You know, I get it. Okay, Dan. Well, listen, let's start the show. And as soon as you feel like that's enough, you just turn your Zoom thing off and go back to bed. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. The very professional and sick Donald Duran. 
This episode of Hubble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from our state-of-the-art Hubble and Fred studio in Puerto Aventuras, Mexico. From our well-equipped Dominican Republic facility with Muskoka chairs on a sandy ocean beach. And from Lisa's dining room table next to Sticks and a Vase. And is brought to you by the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, 4-on-1, Bodog, Kelsey's, and Lender's Choice Mortgages. And now here are two men who wonder if nose hair trimmers should be used for ear hair. And if ear hair trimmers for the nose, it's Humble and Fred. Dan Duran. Dan Duran. Dan Duran. Could, could you just hang in for uh, 60 to 90 more seconds? Sure, 60 to 90 seconds. Because as often happens on this show, you've stumbled upon something that I wanted to bring up. The strangest thing I... Uh, had a uh, late shower yesterday afternoon. I've been out and about on my bike and what have you, spending Valentine's Day alone. And then I uh, had a call with our good friend Bill Hertz and his uh, lovely partner Ronnie. So I thought I wanted to clean up. And I was shaving for the first time in a few days. And I had my glasses on and, and I was shaving in the bathroom, not in this shower as I often do. And I don't know why. For some reason, I was trying to get underneath my nostril. There's like, you know, hairs. I was trying to get precise. And because of the way my glasses were sitting, I don't know what it was. I just I, th- I just nicked or scraped the side of my nostril. My goodness. And Frederick. So you drew blood? Dan. <laughs> Frederick and Dan. Dan and Frederick. This I say unto you. Right. This thing bled for an hour. If, I, if okay, I could be off by ten or fifteen, but it bled for a really long time. And I'm a doctor. Yeah, I don't know. I guess because it's such thin skin. Well, even for you're me, on blood thinner. You're on blood thinners too. No, I'm not. Right? Oh, I thought that. Oh, what those things? Oh, okay. they're beta blockers. Yeah. Oh, they don't thin the blood. No, sir. Oh, okay, they just regulate heart rate. But then, but you know, okay. good. But but that could be a thing. In this case, though, I don't know if you guys have ever done this. That's why I wanted you here for this, Dan, because it's so thin there, even on me, normally even more thin-skinned, um, that it, uh, I guess, kept, I had a Kleenex all the entire time I was talking to Bill, Freddie. I, I had this thing, I was trying to get it, because every time I would take the Kleenex away, it kept bleeding. And when, right. I was trying to remember this thing my dad had, and maybe your dad's had, because our my father used a straight, you know, like a, an old-timey blade where you put the blade in and you close the shaver. Right, yeah. But when my dad would cut himself, I would see sometimes he would have, like, little Kleenexes yeah, on his face. Yeah, too, yeah. That was such a dad thing. It was toilet such a dad paper, thing. Usually. Say yeah. that one? Usually toilet paper, right? To- yeah, exactly. Little blots of toilet paper. Yeah. But my dad had this thing, and I, this is the part I wanted to ask you about, called a styptic pencil or a stip... Do you know what I mean? It was like a little thing for shaving where you, if you cut yourself, you held it against that and it would sort of somewhat oh. cauterize the wound. Yeah, that, there's, uh, I don't remember ever that for that purpose, but uh, I had some of that for, uh, for Clifford if I ever was clipping his nails and I, I did too much. The <laughs> it's cl- the same thing. I used that stuff, yeah. It's like a, it's like, was like a white, looked like a crayon almost. Uh, I know not of what you speak personally, but um, <laughs> now I do. That uh, sounds like uh, sounds handy. Yeah. Well, he probably picked it up in World War II. You know, it seemed like a World War II item, actually. You know, mm-hmm. when they, 
you know, they you know, some some you know, buddy gets wounded, and they they put some of that stuff on the wound, mm-hmm. right, to stop it from bleeding. Yeah, they they. It, uh, I was watching. Well, that stuff in Band of Brothers, Fred. They they open up that package, and it's funny because it's a small little envelope it's size of a matchbox and the guy's got a a hole in his chest and the medic you know opens up this thing looks like a sugar package (laughs) somehow that's supposed to make it all better Mm -hmm. no you're right it's funny war is funny yeah you're right Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) i like to put a fucking i like to put a a war story about wounds should not be prefaced (laughs) with you know it's funny well if you don't laugh you cry (laughs) That's, that's right and I don't know how much Dan, something else Dan said in the intro there um, reminded me of something I wanted to mention here. Um, whether it's a climate phenomenon or whatever, but they've really had high tides here. And they've literally, the beaches have lost about two feet of sand. No kidding. It's crazy. Since you've been there, you mean? Well, since I was here in January. Oh, Okay. Since when I've come back, and it wreaks havoc because these tides come in and they smash the um, uh, the shore and all the erosion, like palm trees have fallen over, and um, it's unearthed like rocks that aren't normally on the beach. It's not a big deal for us because it's still a beach and what have you, but for those who live here and have been here, there are certain benchmarks that I've seen since we're here in January um, yeah, there's about two feet of sand gone. Where does it go? Is that a place that, that infills, that, that brings brings it back or pulls yeah, it Yeah, well, so they say. That's what they said. This has happened before, and it will happen again. And somehow, whatever uh, process it may be, the sand will be replenished over the next couple of years. And as they say that it's happened before and they're quite confident everything will be fine but it's just startling so where does it go though when you say it's gone like i mean it's receded it's it's like you walk to the edge of the the ocean and it's gone no no the two feet like there's along like where all the hotels and condos and everything are there's areas where it's eroded a couple of feet and where there was palm trees there they have fallen over oh i the see section of beach that were we have is probably the widest in all of cabaret beach so it's not so dramatic there but there's a little point too that we have to walk around to get to town in some days it's impassable now which it wasn't at all last year or in january when we were here but these tropical storms churn up this stuff and it's another sad thing. You've heard about those islands in uh, the South Pacific, totally uninhabited, but they're they're full of garbage and plastic mm-hmm. bottles. Sure, because human well, beings are garbage. Oh, the shit that that's into the credit here. So when they have these tropical storms and the high tide comes in and it bashes the shore as it recedes, plastic bottles and you know plastic bottle tops and other forms of garbage. To their credit, like it's amazing. Within 24 hours, the crews come out and clean it up. Yeah, you mentioned they're very uh, well. This, I mean, part of it is because of the amount yeah. of tourists that it, they can't have tourists looking out at garbage. God forbid. No, and, and and the sad part is the garbage that they're cleaning up is not from the Dominican. Of course not. Now, Dominican garbage may end up on another island if you know how that works. But the yeah, inter-island but garbage uh, treaty, Dan. That's what that's yeah. referring to. And um, did I mention, too, when we were here in January, uh, there was a couple of dead horses 
washed up on the beach. What? what? Oh, yeah. Are you sure? So they, here, by the way, are you sure they weren't sleeping? Because a lot of people mistake sleeping horses for dead horses. No, they were bloated. and. Ugh. Where do they come disgusting. from? Well, they don't know. But so the theory is that another tropical island north of here or whatever, a big storm hits. They lose their way. They end up in the ocean. Aww. They die. And then they're washed up on the beach here and so on and so on. Um, like huge trees and everything like end up on the beach. Uh, but but again, they you know guys come out with rakes and they and they rake it up into piles and trucks come along and they take it away. And, I'll tell you one thing: those guys would much rather rake up garbage than dead horses. Oh yeah, it's crazy. But, okay, um, this isn't funny, but it's a funny notion to me. <laughs> Imagine you're shipwrecked. You're out there in the middle of the ocean for days and days and. On the horizon, you see something coming towards you, and you're thinking, oh, finally, it's a boat, something, or maybe it's a dinghy we can use. <laughs> and all of a sudden, it's a horse. And you're like, of all the things that God could have sent me, and by the way, at this point, the horse is still alive. So it's like, great. I can't swim well, to shore on a horse. Mm-hmm. You can get around the island, though, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, um, I was talking about not, you're not on an island. You're shipwrecked floating out at sea. But oh, yes. I'm sorry. I thought we were on a, a Okay, but island. if you're shipwrecked on an island and you see a horse, yes, okay, then at least it provides a source of amusement. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, the uh, product I was talking about, and it's not some World War II thing, although maybe that's where it came from. It's Styptic, S-T-Y-P-T-I-C. A Styptic pencil stops bleeding by hardening or coagulating the surface of a wound. And it's got, you know, sulfate, potassium, aluminate. But, but it's one of those things I saw around my home as a child. And uh, maybe others listening. Uh, maybe they're dads. Or mothers. Because mothers shave too. Yeah. <clears throat> and just one uh, thing further to the dead horses. Which dead horses. Which crazy. Dead horses. And don't get me wrong. The thing is, it really hasn't changed our visit here the beach is still there and you can still walk along the beach and everything you just notice how dramatic it is along you know not the water line but the sort of line where the as i said the hotels and condos are um remember dan years ago at the trailer at the tin palace we're there and all of a sudden we said what is that thing floating by and oh it was yeah the dead cow dead cow i remember the dead cow yeah yeah that was and that gross. was great same thing, a storm or something or whatever, but the, a cow lost its way and ended up on a lake and came right down through the Trent Severn, right in front of the trailers, this big, bloated, dead cow. So pushed these it things off. happen. We pushed it off for somebody else's problem. That is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I, you know, so I, have a, I, I have an environmental, I'm sorry, I have an environmental uh, good story. Okay. okay, we need one of those because there aren't many. Well, when I was here, I mean, it's p- partly environmental. I, I, I think it is. When I was here in the fall, there was a an outbreak of uh, sargassum. No, I apologize. Last time when I was here, last winter, the beaches on the Mayan Riviera, which is where I am, right. were overrun with this seaweed that comes across because of warming oceans. Because of warming seas, Daniel, the sargassum, it's this giant seaweed 
just starts infiltrating all these bees. And, and so every day I would watch the guys, pour, just to your point about trying to get rid of it, it's really, really hard because there's so much of it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. last uh, winter when I was here, it was everywhere from Tulum to Playa to Cancun. And this fall when I came back, all the sargassum had gone. Oh, that's good. Um, there's often a no break of sarcasm on this show. <laughs> Buddy, you know, Buddy last what? year when I made that joke, you didn't like it. Oh, you made that joke yes. a year ago? A year oh, ago, I was like, you know, it's maybe that's what made me think. <laughs> it was ex- I, I made that joke and everyone was like rolling their eyes. Yeah. God damn it. But when I was there four, year, four years ago in that area, in Playa, Playa del Carmen, there was a problem with that. Yeah, it and comes and goes. It's seasonal. It's uh, occasional, I should say, but it happens. Mm-hmm. It's somewhat natural, but it's yeah, been... So. Uh, been exaggerated <laughs> by the fucking uh, <laughs> i did man, i remember talking to you guys about it last year i'm like yeah the sarcasm is the sarcasm's everywhere and of course the sarcasm on this show is always oh, present god well, damn it dan you've again, done I, that's my thing i don't I, I never have my own material right i no, hear somebody do. else's waiting here and use it listen man <laughs> you should do a one-man show Ah, uh, you have so much material. <laughs> if I was a man. <laughs> <laughs> see, Dan, see what you're going to miss by going off and I, being sick. I'll uh, I'll listen on Facebook Live or All something. Right. Then. Well, listen, man. Can't wait. wait. You've done. Yeah. You've listen. You did more than we could have asked for. All right. Well, thanks, guys. Here, and, though, uh, I will say one last thing because when Fred was away, Dan, yeah. I had Jeff Lumby fill in, and Lori Love. Making her guest Fred debut. Such a great job Lori did. So yep. did Jeff, but Jeff's been on the show lots. So while I was thinking, you know, what happens when Dan Duran can't make it? Who would who do we replace Dan? Is there some broadcaster that we could invite on here? I don't know, a retired Ken Shaw or someone like that. Oh. How about Andy Frost? Frost? <laughs> yeah. Hmm? How, how would that go over? And now here are two untrustworthy cocksuckers. <laughs> no, that wasn't him who said that. I don't care. <laughs> I'm, trying to, I'm trying to make funny. And now here's that two. The, that was the mental abuser who said No, that, that was Voldemort who said it. But uh, mm-hmm. it was because of our antifrost incident. Dan, uh, let's think okay. about that. And the next time we see you, by the way, uh, no show Monday because Humble and Fred, of course, we respect the family. And Monday is family day. So the next time Dan gets here is Tuesday. Dan, we'll talk to you. Before then, I hope you're feeling better, my brother. I will be recovered by then, I can guarantee it. All right, buddy. All right. Thanks for doing this, Dan. You did a great job. You got to be, man. Sweet goddamn Dan Duran. You got to rebound, buddy. You got to. You got to. (laughs) (laughs) What what happens if you don't? You just... (laughs) You know, at some point, you're going to get something. You're not going to rebound from it. You know, I am. Um, whenever I get a cold, and I haven't had one in a long time, touch wood, touch wood. Yeah, me neither. Um, not being able to breathe through my nose freaks me out a bit. Because then I think, what if I choke on something? Or what if something gets caught in my throat? And then I won't be able to breathe through my nose. I know it's all. But it, 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 I try not to think about the fact that I can't breathe through my nose. Because if I concentrate on that, it. it it freaks me out a bit. So I hate. That. I, th- I, I think hate I, that feeling. And by the way, just for everyone listening, and I'm sure you probably already know this, but touching wood doesn't do much. No, I know. For me, 
I'm similar but different. I would. I. I don't mind. I of of the two things that happen when I get a cold. And again, I've. It's been a while. And actually, I was thinking about that when I, I before Dan sent me a note about him bailing on us today. I was thinking about him having a cold and thought, when was the last time I got really sick? And it's been a while. So I would when when my throat gets sore, not COVIDy sore, but when I get a sore throat, that really I find that it impacts me more. Brings me down more because it hurts when you talk, and you know yeah. I love to talk. Mm-hmm. What does B twelve do for you? Do you know? I don't even know. You're the one who got me to take it. I know. Makes me feel. All good. I'm telling you because I had blood tests and they came back and the doctor said everything's great. He said you're a little deficient B twelve. You might want to take a thousand milligrams a day. So I do, but I never really. I've never really investigated. What it does for you, or why you should take it, or why it, you should have certain levels in your... That's sad. Hey, well, hey, the doctor just said take it, so I take it. What's I even say? Yeah, go ahead. That's a, couple, that's a couple years now, and I haven't been sick at all. So could there be a tie there? Because I know vitamin C helps stave off colds, apparently. So the other day, my buddy was here, my golf buddy Grant from New Brunswick. We had a great, great time, eight days of golfing and just, you know, joshing. And one day, I was taking all my vitamins, my probiotics and some magnesium and... Uh, some stuff and then I just open up the you know in my B12 and he said hey why are you taking all those things and I sort of said well I had a nutri- <laughs> I had a nutritionist recommend them and then I said and then the B12 that was recommended by Fred <laughs> yeah Dr. Fred and uh, uh-huh. I so I've looked it up but I see you have to go ahead and what are the benefits of B12 Helps keep your body's blood and nerve cells healthy. Helps make DNA, the genetic material in all of your cells. Uh, vitamin B12 also helps prevent uh, mega, Megal- megaloblastic yeah. anemia. Anemia, a blood condition that makes people tired and weak. Hmm, yeah. Symptoms, t- uh, weakness, tiredness, or lightheadedness. Heart palpitations and shortness of breath. I don't think I ever had any of that, but anyway, yeah. So anyway, take B12. <laughs> so anyway, so do I. I just keep <laughs> re-upping my B12 stock, thanks to Doc Freddy. Um, anyway, so uh, yeah, I've been cold for a while. I haven't had a cold. And uh, by, on, by the way, on the show today, we're going to get to your emails. And uh, I've got an update. Now, I'm, I was sort of being facetious when I said we should do at least one episode of Aging with Energy. But what I will say on the show today because we're taping some of those after this show i have an update and and maybe it's an extra email but i i have an update of what i have now done this is my job every day that a listener suggested i think it was nancy i want to get this right but I, i i spent quite a bit of time on the phone yesterday and now i've taken it to a different level and i've gotten some great satisfaction if you will from a suggestion I, it was something somebody told me to uh, talk to my credit card company mm-hmm. and uh, here it is Debbie Lynch and you have 30 days after the purchase so I was thinking okay well I'm not getting any more satisfaction out of the, the company itself so I the car company right Mm-hmm. So on uh, Aging with Energy, our, our episodes today, by the way, the ones that we're recording are, gonna, are about uh, Airbnb experiences around the world that both of us have had. And the other one is going to be the whole car rental saga. Fred's had some similar but different issues. Mm-hmm. 
and and renting a car when you you know go to Europe or to South America or wherever we are or North America what you can do but one of the things that Debbie suggested I do is get a hold of my credit card company and they take it to a different level so I'll talk to you about that process really wow oh yeah very interesting actually interesting interesting All right. In the meantime, before we go ahead, I'm sorry. Did you want to? Before you left, did you call your credit card company as well and say exactly what am I covered with for how much? I did not. Uh, Okay. I will now from now on. Um, But I'm, but the process I went through yesterday was twofold. But when you create a dispute file with your credit card company, then they take Mm -hmm. it and run. And something happens that I did not know until uh, yesterday that they do. And uh, I'll just say this because we're going to do an episode on it. But what they do is within a couple business days, they give you the disputed amount back. And then they go and fight it. And if, if they lose, you'll, you have to pay it. You, they, they will retake it from your credit card. That seems like one step too many, but Okay. But what they're doing is they're saying, here's your money back or here's the credit back. And then let us fight it. And if, if right. for some reason they lose, well, you're, you're no, it's no different. You're, but, you, you, you know, they, 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 give, they give you the money back first and then they go and fight it. Um, so what's happening now is that Fred's frozen. It's it's if you're watching this on Facebook, it's just Fred with a very stern look on his face. It's Fred's skeptic, resting skeptic face. He's just gone. So now Dan's gone. Fred's frozen. I'm going to give this another. Uh, if you're if you're watching us on Facebook, I'll give this another sixty seconds or so for Fred to get the internet back and if not we're gonna close it down starting out oh, no he's gone completely. Anyway, it's just you and I now. I don't know. I thought that was a pretty good deal at the credit card company. The guy was overcharged nearly twenty nine hundred dollars. So that amount was taken extra on top of what I thought I was gonna pay. The credit card company, Visa they told me yesterday, they said, yeah, within a couple of days, we'll give you that back. And then we'll go fight it. I'm like, you do it. Go, do, go fight the good fight. And let me have my money back for a while. Although I guess it is kind of weird because it's like, okay, if they lose, then I get charged anyway. Well, it doesn't matter. In the meantime, I can use that money, you know, to buy a bunch of tacos. Okay, so, um, oh, there he is. There he is. See? See, it's all worked out. Freddy. Hello. Freddy. Hmm. Yeah. What's happening, man? It just dropped out of my computer because everything else I've got going here was fine. Just my computer dropped the signal for whatever reason. Weird. Because I have a, a monitor in front of me that it was fine. I got my other computer here. It's fine. For some, re- 
for some reason my computer spit it out. That's not good. Anyway, where were we? Well, I just I just uh, kept going, talked to the audience about the credit card thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we mm-hmm. do have. Let's we're, we got our emails coming up in a bit. I, I, I want after we do the first set of, of uh, sponsor mentions here. I had a you had spoken to me and we sort of talked yesterday about really not getting into American politics with people. Mm-hmm. And no, no one gives a shit. But I had a very somewhat brief but strange encounter yesterday afternoon with a young woman from D.C. that I'll tell you about. But first, the Fred man is here to tell you about this. Uh, the retirement Sherpa, Tim Nibble, a portfolio manager, Raymond James, a member of the Canadian Investors Protection Fund. Yesterday, Timmy was on the show more. It was great to have him back, by the way. He enjoyed a, a lovely trip uh, overseas, uh, as you heard. He talked about, uh, you know, investing in yourself, health, relationships, you know, what you want to do going forward. You know, you have to plan now, um, you know, and that is investing in yourself. And, you know, we touched on health. Like, you know, it's non-monetary, but what you do in your 40s or 50s is really going to affect how you feel in your 70s and 80s. So think about it. He's the Retirement Sherpa. He's Tim Niblett, retirementsherpa.ca. There's uh, quite a bit of news if you go to boron1.com. Couple developments. Uh, I was talking to Tim Nibley yesterday about a few things, and he said, "Hey, yeah, there's been a couple of uh, things announced." And, uh, and sure enough, I went to uh, the news section of Boron1.com. Boron One granted. This is February 5th. New exploration license as it progresses through exploitation approvals. You know, we've been talking about this, Fred, how a junior mining company's journey from, you know, mistaking a claim to getting a, a mineral out of the ground is really, it's a one in a thousand shot. And this latest news just proves how far along Boron 1 is in the process, which makes it an interesting, interesting, and attractive opportunity. Again, we make no claims about stock prices or possibilities. But this just proves that what we're talking about is a, is a mining company on the verge of doing something very rare. Find out more and see if this is uh, something you want to add to your portfolio. Go to boron1.com. You know, I've described where I'm staying here as not where I was staying the last time. I'm nowhere near the beach. I'm about a... 15-minute walk, five-minute bike ride mm-hmm. to get to water. I have, a, I have a pool in the back here, but, you know, it's, I've gone in at once because I'm afraid of getting hit by golf balls. But what it's, what, it, what it's good for me is in the evening when it gets cool, around 6 o'clock, sometimes I'll take a, a, a wedge and a few golf balls, and in 40 seconds I'm actually on one of the holes of the golf course. And in the evening when the course is sort of empty... It's me with some golf balls and a bunch of people that walk their dogs. And I see the same people every night. I wave and mm-hmm. I get to play mm-hmm. with the dog, which I love. And there's just tons of them, like four or five different groups of people. So last night, it's getting to be about 630. And as I was kind of finishing up, a young lady with two dogs, sort of, I say young for me, could have been mid-30s, late-30s. We start talking and I find out that she's from D.C., and when she finds out I'm from Canada, 
And by the way, this is under the headline. You know, I haven't really talked American politics with people because it's... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You never know who you're going to get. But here's, here's who I got last night. Within a few minutes of finding out I was from Toronto, Canada, and there's a lot of Canadians here, mostly Western Canadians. Mm-hmm. She launches into the whole, you know, people have come here because they have a problem with Trudeau and... You know, and they start. <laughs> oh yeah, mm-hmm. and then she goes into the the, the healthcare is not as good. People have to wait so long to get seen by a doctor, mm-hmm. and all the mm-hmm. all the stuff, mm-hmm. all the tropes, as mm-hmm. they say. Mm-hmm. All, yeah. Every one, Trudeau is wrecking the country, and people are leaving because the country's a shit. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, you know, not all of that is true. I said those are. I was trying to because really, I, I didn't want to be part of this. I said, well, those are, that's anecdotal. She goes, no, it's all the people I've met here. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, you know, then I tried to hem and haw my way out of it. And then she said the following. She goes, you know, Canada's population around 30 million. I said, no, no, it's closer to 38 or 40. She goes, well, our population is like half a million people. I said, no, no, no it's 380. Well, where are you getting that number from? I said, well, just Google it when you get home. And mm-hmm. here's what she said. You don't believe Google, do you? And I I just said to myself, okay, we're done here. And I said, well, where do you, I said, well, it's interesting because you're, she's saying, well, maybe the population is more like 450 million, you know, with all the undocumented Mm -hmm. immigrants and whatever. And I thought as she went away, I said, well, nice meeting you talking and playing with the dogs. But I thought as I Mm -hmm. walked away, I thought, you know, she's so certain of where she got her information from. Mm-hmm. Which is which is goober, not Google. <laughs> no, exactly. She goobered it. <laughs> Nothing like a conversation with a dumb American. I mean, seriously. And all that it that really bothers me because that again that stuff is spread, and it, and it's the same old thing. You know, you believe what you want to believe, and that's juicy to her. So then she repeats it and i can see sitting around her sitting around with the odd canadian going yeah you know i had to weigh my health care system here and that and you know there was a problem with wait times and i should have had surgery then and i had to wait till another time like i you hear those conversations here but what about there <laughs> what if you can't afford any at all yeah that's the easy counter yeah <laughs> Well, that's what I mean. And I didn't and say just, that to her. I didn't say, hey, I spent a week. So I, I, I should have said, I spent six days in a Phoenix hospital. It cost $200,000. Yeah. And um, the picture they paint of Trudeau, it's just not fair, and it's not right, and it's not reality. And remember our buddy, I happened upon his website there a couple of days ago, um, uh, Bruce Dobigan. Oh, Yes. And it's just funny to go through his stuff. And he was still latched on to the same shit, you know, you know, Donald Trump, you know, 91 charges and, the, you know, the, the rape conviction. It's all bullshit. It's all been conjured up by the left and to keep him out of office. And it's like, I wouldn't even want to have a conversation now, because if you're that deep into it. If you're really that deep into what it, well, really, what is the use? Mm-hmm. And t- when I read his stuff, it's like he's drowning. Like he took a position and he is so not, he so doesn't want to admit he's wrong that you just keep sinking and sinking and <laughs> I love that image. flailing away, trying to stay above water. That's it's a, just nonsense. Yeah. No, that's a great image. That's a great, 
mm-hmm. descriptor. It's like some of these people, Bruce being one of them, uh, but then mm-hmm. we can name a bunch of others that we've had contact with. This woman wasn't quite like that. I didn't get the impression that, and that's why it, it was kind of a weird, it was a very pleasant conversation. She seemed a very pleasant person, and it wasn't antagonistic, but, but she was definitely below the surface in her views. But what, what I think with people like Dobigan and others, that's a great way of saying that they're so deep into it that mm-hmm. they, 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 they can't, they have to, they have to ignore all the norms of Donald Trump. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, I have about a 40 second clip here from last night where, and again, I know I've been doing this bit for a while. It used to be a presidential candidate that was convicted of rape would probably be disqualified. All those things. Mm-hmm. But it used mm-hmm. to be a presidential candidate that couldn't use the word transpose in a sentence. That would get a lot more play, but as you know, you've said it, I've said it. it, mm-hmm. it there's just such a, there's so much of it that mm-hmm. it just goes unnoticed. And you probably don't even know what I'm talking about here, but it's a, uh, it's a clip of Donald Trump. Here, have a listen to this, where, where he's talking about explaining why, he, here's what a stable genius is. He's explaining that when he makes mistakes, he's really doing it on purpose to be sarcastic. Have a listen. <laughs> but when I say that Obama is the president of our country, blah, 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 they go, he doesn't know that it's Biden. He doesn't know. First of all, then he calls it, he says it's Spiden, not Biden. Mm-hmm. So it's very hard to be sarcastic. When I interpose, because I'm not a Nikki fan and I'm not a Pelosi fan, and when I purposely interpose names, they said he didn't know Pelosi from Nikki. From Tricky Nicky, Tricky Dicky. Oh, he didn't know I interpose. And they make. So that's three times in 30 seconds mm-hmm. he's used the word interpose. Yeah. And, and what he's trying to say is transpose. Because somebody yeah. in a meeting says, what you have to say is that you were. But, but mm-hmm. only really, really dumb people. And again, back to Bruce Dobigan. Would Bruce Dobigan watch that and say, yeah, that's right. He, he, was, he is sarcastic, he is doing that on purpose. Probably, because when I read Bruce's stuff, too, he's, you know, taking shots at MSNBC and uh, CNN, but never mentions Fox. He calls uh, uh, racial uh, Maddo racial. He spells it R-A-C-I-A-L. And Hmm. um, and that which is fine. You can have your problems with uh, CNN and MSNBC. Fine. But the thing is, you have problems with then then you must have big problems with Fox because in a different way, they're just as guilty as what you think the left uh, networks are guilty of. You know what I mean? Uh, Like and it's almost sad because when I think of Bruce Dobigan years ago sitting there and I thought, you know, he's very analytical and he used to be a pretty thinking man, sportscaster and stuff. Now he's just making a fool of himself. Like it's pathetic. Well, um, I love that. Uh, I love that metaphor yeah. or whatever, that analogy that it's a mm-hmm. lot of the, it's like a lot of the people have, you know, my older brother, he's so bright, man, but he, he talks a lot about that, about how people are, so painted into a corner of their opinions and ideas mm-hmm. that they can't find them. Like literally they've painted themselves into the corner. What that means is they can't get out of, unless they step on paint. Um, do you want to do the emails and then talk about the fact that a uh, parade celebrating the Super Bowl champions was marred yeah. again by b- a bunch of guys shooting people or should we save that? Well, we got to be careful with that story as well, Howard. 
We do. Because 2019, the Toronto Raptors, Nathan Phillips Square, had a parade and a rally, and there was a shooting. It's just they do shootings at sports events better than we do, it seems. You know, I, I was going to mention, I, so at that, at that rally, there was a, a shooting between uh, rivals or people that knew each other. It wasn't just some random guy going off, popping off people. Well, they, they, they don't know that for sure in Kansas City either yet, do oh, they? Oh, don't they? I don't know. I don't think so. I didn't see the news today. No, I, I'm just saying when I saw that too and I'm scribbling down, oh yeah, the United States and you know, and like can't even have a parade without a shooting. Oh, and yeah, I'm yeah. thinking, ooh, wait a sec. Wait a sec. Watch yourself. You yeah, know? I know, I know. But again, that there there's a Dobigan thing. Like It's like you, you totally ignore any side of the story. That doesn't support you, right? That doesn't support you. Like when I went through his stuff, I see nothing about the sexual assault other than he probably didn't deserve it or, you know, she's lying. And, you know, and I, I, I wanted to say, like, you know, do you not have a daughter like this sexual assault thing? I mean, she's lying, but it went through, a, you know, it went through a court of law and all you right wingers, you know, you it's law and order with all you assholes. Like, what's the deal here? And. You know, the 91 charges or 94 federal charges. Uh, mm-hmm. Most of the testimony was delivered by Republicans. What about that? And, they, they never want but, to talk about the actual facts mentioned it. Because it, Yeah, it doesn't help their side. So, of course, they ignore that. That's why when you talk about the parade, I want to make that point because I'm not going to sit here and piss all over the Americans when a similar thing happened at one of our events. A, a similar That's but all. different thing. A similar but different but and, worth mentioning. Well, absolutely worth mentioning. Mm-hmm. Um, but what happened yesterday... Well, well, let me put it this way. What happened in 2019 at the Raptor? Was it 2019 already when they won? Mm-hmm. God damn it. Yeah. What happened there was so seemingly out of nowhere for Canadians. What happened yesterday mm-hmm. was just like another typical day in America. Now, it could be... Yeah. It could turn out to be, because I watch the news. It could be... It could have been people shooting at each other and 21 other people just got caught in the crossfire. Sure. Again, sure. not without precedent in Toronto. It's happened. Mm-hmm. That sweet girl years ago on Christmas was mm-hmm. caught in the crossfire at the Eaton Center. Yeah. But it didn't look like that. When I was watching the Situation Room last night and then, of course, my sweet angel, Aaron Burnett, out front with Aaron, it seemed that there had been a just... <laughs> She was interviewing this dad that had tackled one of the guys. But but the fact that there was more than one shooter might lead us to believe that it was something between people as opposed to just going on a murderous rampage. Right. I get it. All right. I get it. Let's do what we came here to do. Let's entertain the people with our emails and their comments about this program. On Thursdays, we like to do the emails. Today, emails brought to you by Bodog. Freddie, before you do your Bodog thing, which I'm sure mm-hmm. will be a little bit later, let me do a little message from the actual Bodog peoples, them own selves. For my last email, we are on board. Looking for a fast break from working so hard? When you're ready to box out some time for fun, you know it's time to play. It's easy to find your next favorite game at Bodog.net. We make getting the latest basketball odds and free sports tips a slam dunk. Visit Bodog.net today. Hashtag make a play. 
All right, here we go. Our uh, email Thursdays. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hi you guys. up first there, Frederick. Yeah, uh, subject matter, uh, the border bill. Uh, this is from Alan Matheson. Uh, uh, hi, guys. Hi, guys. Uh, before you shit on Republicans, which is usually justified, he says, concerning the border bill, please take note the bill specifically exempts Israel and Ukrainian funding from any congressional oversight. You are not allowed to make any inquiries into corruption, clients, etc. Okay, I take your word for it. Well, no, except the, the border bill, of it. they changed it. He wrote that a week ago. The, the bill now, it did include mm. aid to Ukraine. And that's why uh, uh, that Christian weirdo, Mike Johnson, is going to probably lose his speakership because they did add Ukraine uh, quite a bit, actually. Mm -hmm. Alan says, if you don't remember, I am in the middle. In my opinion, both parties are completely corrupt. Um, You know, that's pretty strong. Completely corrupt. I don't know how completely corrupt is joe biden i don't know i know how completely corrupt donald trump is because he has the you know the rap sheet to prove it anyway that's right and uh, and by the way what got lost in all that nonsense about Mm. what not nonsense i mean joe biden's old Mm -hmm. too old to be president shouldn't be running but what and then of course but what came out they were trying to impeach the guy and Mm -hmm. they've tried for months to impeach him they couldn't find any impeachable evidence so what came out was He's just this sweet old man that couldn't remember a bunch of stuff. But right, of course, mm-hmm. of course, what got buried is we couldn't find anything to impeach him with. Mm-hmm. Anyway, let's move right. on. Let's move anyway, on. Alan says heart. Oh, go ahead. Alan says heart rate 54. Impressive bowel movements. Not often enough. Mm. LDL a little high. That's LDL Alan. is your cholesterol. Oh. Isn't, that, isn't that your cholesterol? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, all right. Thanks, I'm, Alan. Uh, heart rate at 50. F- he doesn't poop a lot. You'd think his heart rate would be racing, you know, if he's full of poop. <laughs> okay. I'm moving on from Alan. Pressure. Okay. Hi, guys. This is from Hi, Gord, YYZ Hi, Gord, regular contributor to the Humble and Fred program. And, of course, he begins his email with, hey, guys. Hi, guys. Just listening to your discussion on Curb's final season. It was uh, something I brought up the other day. Uh, with you, and uh, you concurred. He says, uh, so does Gord, apparently. He says, I have the exact reaction to the awkward situations. I had to stop the first episode halfway through as the awkwardness was just making me uncomfortable, says Gord. I went back, but it's a slog to get through. Not sure I'll have the energy to get through, to get through. Not enough comedy for the discomfort. And he signs it, stay strong. Gord, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, I that was kind of my point that I think it's brilliant and really enjoy their performances, but I don't think the comedy is enough for me anymore to sustain me, how, sustain how uncomfortable it can. It oh, not always, but it can make me feel, and uh, I think that's somewhere. Maybe that's why it's time to end it because early, early on, it made me uncomfortable, but it was hilarious. No, I get it. Yeah. Same. I feel the same way. I really do. Like those episodes with Super Dave and Richard Lewis, mm-hmm. 
and Ted Danson early on and all that stuff. That, it seems like it had a different, a, maybe a little lighter feel. I don't know. Does, who knows? Hey, listen, he's doing well. Who are we to say? Anyway. No, exactly. Thanks, Gordy. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Subject matter here is Tourette's from uh, Brian Martin. He says, hi, guys. Hi, guys. He says, still catching up on listening to last Thursday show. Fred asking Howard, uh, asking about Howard's friend with Tourette's needs to go back and rewatch Rescue Me. That was uh, the show with uh, what's his head? What's his name? <laughs> what's it? Um, uh, Dennis. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Dennis Leary. <laughs> Dennis Leary. Jesus Christ. Hang on. Dennis Leary. Here we go. That's right. All right. Yes, Dennis Leary. Anyway, Brian says, not sure what season, but early in the series, Franco's girlfriend has a brother with Tourette's, the cursing offensive kind. That show had so many crazy situations. It was hilarious. I uh, can't say I actually remember that episode, but generally a great show. And I'm not, and I'm sure it was very clever what they did. And uh, he does not provide any uh, body functions in this particular email. Neither did Gord, yeah. Um, I want to uh, share this with you that there is a, a young lady, young mm-hmm. lady who has Tourette's that I follow on Instagram, who is very, very pretty. And I think she's very funny. And I think she knows she's funny because the shit that comes out of her mouth is pretty funny. It's not all just swear words. Mm -hmm. She goes into some accents. And one of the things she says when she ticks, when she has a Tourette's moment, she'll be talking like we're talking now and all of a sudden go, little baby weenie. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm sorry Every time she'd be in the middle of a conversation Talking about what she did yesterday She would Little baby weenie And it fucking makes me laugh I'm sorry Little baby weenie <laughs> <So> dumb <sighs> Alright uh, Moving on Moving on uh, This is from Hi Tony guys. And Tony says Hi guys Hi guys Subject is Tom Green. Tony has emailed us before. I think we've acknowledged that he said, uh, I just wanted to get an update about having Tom Green on the show. This came in on Monday. He says, Tom's in Ottawa this weekend. You mentioned that you'd be interested and would look into it after talking about some of the fun you guys had with Tom over the years. Just want to find out what's happening. And he, he signs it. E-guards. So Tony knows us and signs mm-hmm. at eGuards. No information about his bowel movements, heart rate, cholesterol. Simply signs at Tony. Right on. I don't know where we're at. Thank Maybe, you, Tony. Well, Boone's going to be here today. Maybe we'll uh, see if you know where if, if we can get Tom. The return of Tom Green on the Humble and Fred show would be uh, would be something. Yeah, I think Boone. He sent out some feelers. He's still waiting for a response. Yeah, I'd love to talk to Tom. So that would right on. Mm-hmm. All right, here we go. Hi Moving guys. on. Hi guys. Hi guys. Okay, subject here: football and sports watching from Brad Bradish. Brad Bradish. Hi guys. Hi guys. Doc, 
just listening to you guys in Toronto, Mike, talk about football watching and sports. I have a hard time watching an NFL game now thanks to Red Zone. On Sundays, Red Zone shows all football games, but only when they reach the Red Zone, the Hmm. 20-yard line and in, or if a big play happens. You also get to see every, every scoring play. So that's his point. Resting heart rate 57, bowel movements twice a day. That's Brad. Um, I've seen Red Zone. It's not what I want out of my football consumption, to be honest. But if it works for you, that's great. I I I want to. Mm-hmm. I like being part of the thing from start to finish. But I had never heard mm-hmm. of that. I, I'd like to at least check it out. It sounds kind of cool. I, I just didn't yeah. get a sense. And maybe you can tell me this: How mm-hmm. long is a is a like a red zone recap? Like a five minute recap of the game? Or no, no, no. What happens is they're going. They go, and it's they got a couple of guys sitting at a desk, and they, he said, "You know, we go to Carolina now, where the Panthers are on the seventeen uh, yard line." And- oh. Right. And then they then in in some other city, there's a team inside the 20. So they go to that and they show. Oh, that's kind of cool. So I go. Oh, I see. And so you just so you (laughs) it's like a website where you they're just curating all those games. And then anytime one gets inside the 20, they go to it. Yeah, that's cool. Or other big plays, you know, outside of the red zone, if they're, you know, notable plays. Which is, uh, you know, there's something else they do on Monday nights, uh, I I believe, still on Monday nights with, you know, Eli and Peyton Manning. Each one of them's in their rec room and they're showing the Monday night game and you go to a separate channel for this and it's them analyzing the game and poking fun at each other and bringing guests on while the game is on split screen. And it's neat and everything, but I can only take a few minutes of it. That is pretty cool. I got to get back to the real thing. Maybe they could do something like that in golf in the early coverage. You know, they sometimes now the TSN will have on the majors will have like special coverage of like one group over the course of the round. But maybe they could have another channel just like the birdie zone. Anytime somebody's either about to make a birdie or an interesting shot, they could just cover it. Yeah. Um, uh, by the way, I don't know if was I talking to you about this or uh, Buddy Doug? Um Josh Allen played with Tiger at yes. the uh, Pro-Am yesterday. Yeah, I'd read that. I you know we hadn't been talking about it. Mm-hmm. It was uh, Josh and, um, oh, Josh and another uh, a Major League Baseball player who is married to Tiger's niece. Oh, okay. Cool but for yeah, Josh Allen, though. They met last year, apparently, at the same tournament and hit it off quite well and decided that they would pair this year. Isn't it great being a cool, young, rich quarterback hanging out with TW. Mm-hmm. All right, moving on yep. here. Let's. Uh, that's not what I wanted to do. I wanted to start Hi with guys. something from Stephen Hi Lewis. Subject: More excellent TV shows. You know, he says, hi, guys, because I hit that. There we go. He says, I enjoy Bill Brio's monthly appearances on Humble and Fred. We're glad you do. We do as well. Uh, He says, here's some shows I can highly recommend you haven't discussed. There's a great two-season show on Crave slash Stars called High Town. Never heard of it. Crave also has True Detective. And, And he mentions the first season was Woody Harrelson and Matthew McConaughey. I did watch that. Mm-hmm. And I haven't watched it since. Uh, I guess they change the characters every every season. He says we mm-hmm. have yet to watch the current fourth season 
but I've seen the ads featuring Jodie Foster in it, and it's getting great reviews. He goes on to say, we also enjoy Louder Milk on Netflix. Dan and I watched a couple episodes of that. Has a bit of an afterlife vibe. You should check these out and or discuss these with Bill during your next visit. Best regards, Stephen Lewis. Right on. Have you ever seen True Detective? No, I can't really say. I think I started a couple of times. Yeah. When Woody Harrelson was on. Both of my brothers, Edmonton Steve and Smart Guy Dave, recommend Fargo. Same here. I've tried many times. uh, Darren's always telling me about that. Probably five times I've started, but never continued. And not to take anything away from it, I'm sure it's great if I gave it enough time. It's just I can't seem to get over that hump or I can't seem to get drawn in for whatever reason. Again, I think with Fargo, I might have seen the first season of it. But my brother is one of them was saying the other day, oh, the last season's the best. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't think I have five. I can't do five seasons to get there. And can I start on season five or whatever? Uh, anyways, thanks, mm-hmm. Stephen Lewis. Always great hearing from you. Hi Moving guys. on. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Uh, subject here, more TV watching from Jim Kloss. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Uh, more around your last Monday show when you were speaking about the brutal nature of football and remembering high school football days. I have great memories of playing, and I, too, am a Bills fan, but get so extremely frustrated by the NFL TV product. Not so much the Taylor Swift breaks, but the amount of stoppages and plays and ads. Stoppages and play and the ads that um, obviously come with that. Uh, I wanted to suggest watching Six Nations Rugby First Contact on Netflix. Uh, it might take something for me to get into that. Uh, the same makers of the F1 series, which is fantastic, as everyone knows. I'm a rugby fan, coach, and parent. My kids play. Uh, but I think this show will do for international rugby what F1 Drive to Survive did for auto racing. Really believe you guys will like it. It has a bit of a welcome to Wrexham feel as well. Okay. Also, Fred, check out the podcast Sports Explains the World and the three episodes on the mighty Bucks of Pine Ridge, North Carolina, fabulous minor hockey story from the 80s. Thanks for that, Jimmy. Uh, he says, cheers. Heart rate still beating. BMs, stellar. Always great to hear from Jim, and thanks again for your uh, support of this program. Mm-hmm. Right on. Yes. All right. Hi, guys. Right on, right Hi on, right guys. on. Right on, right on. A couple more to go. I think I've got... Was that your last one? No, there was one more here that uh, will lead to a little bit of a discussion. Okay. Uh, this one is from Gillian or Jillian. Gordon. Hi. Doesn't say hi, guys. Just hi. Hi, guys. As a listener who uses headphones... Only. Let me start this. <laughs> Let me start that sentence again. As a listener who uses headphones only, you know I'm a professional reader. Can I make a small request? Says Jillian. Can humble, please, comma, please, turn off his microphone when he drinks coffee. It makes a huge slurping sound, and it's kind of disgusting. Thanks. Love the show. Well. Jillian, I do apologize. You know, sometimes in the heat of battle, they're talking and laughing and giggling, and then I'm slurping. So, Freddie, I went back, and I I went to see if I could find some 
parts of the show where I'm slurping. And you know what? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to play you a little bit of audio. Jillian has a point. <laughs> Apparently, I'm making quite a bit of noise. So, Jillian, I will try in the future to be less slurpy. I am surprised by that because I don't see you drinking coffee a lot during the show. Maybe it's me. You know, I take. Are you the? You're saying maybe you're the slurper? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I drink uh, quite a bit of coffee during the show. All right. Um, Apparently, it's you. I have one more, so you must have one more. Yes. Okay. Because mm-hmm. you start. Because because you're always the one that starts. All right. Let's now. Do you, you said there's this is a, quite a bit of discussion. Did you want to leave it to the end? No. 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 Not a, quite a bit of discussion. All right. I'm just saying. There is a reply to the question that Let's is asked here. All right. Okay? Let's do it. This, uh, yeah. Hi Subject guys. matter is Bob. Hi guys. Hi Subject matter is what, sir? Bob. With Bob. a question mark. Uh, from Jim Spencer. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. He starts with number two every morning like clockwork, listening since the late 80s. Uh, basically, he's, uh, he's asking here, how was your lunch with Bob McCowan? Right. His voice sounds better each week on his podcast, don't you think? Thanks, Jim. Well, we actually did do a segment on our visit with Bob. Um, so Jim obviously missed that. But for those who other people who may have missed it, we had lunch with Bob McCowan. And, um, you know, he at the time, he still is struggling a bit after two significant strokes. But obviously he's on the rebound. And it uh, was a nice afternoon with Bob. That's all. Yeah, it was a great. And we had mm-hmm. uh, we spoke both on the show and after uh, away from the show that we should do it again. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're, we're going to uh, when we get back in the spring and it's a nice day, we're going to go maybe sit in a patio for a couple hours. Why not? I do admire the fact I, I admire Bob for a lot of reasons. His house is impressive. He's a smart guy. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, and, and a lot uh, like a lot of us, like a lot of, you know, radio TV personalities. He's a pretty sweet guy inside, you know, like he's a pretty mm-hmm. his his outer persona, the Bob McCowan from the gruff but lovable guy. He's got the lovable side now, I think. And oh, yeah. I was impressed by the fact that he's still smoking through all of this, though. God Mm -hmm. damn it. Yeah, that image that um, he created made him a lot of money. Oh, yeah. You know, and there's, as we've said many times, there's a certain degree (laughs) of this that is acting. It just is. I mean, you know, there are points when you, (laughs) you know, you have to do your thing. You have to, you have to put on a show. And sometimes it, you know, it involves characters and and feel and all that stuff, you know. And that's what Bob was. He could pour it on at times and people might think, "Woo, wow. But yeah. he knew what he was doing. He knew what he was doing. Yeah, his, uh, his persona made him a lot of money. Uh, my persona <laughs> just made me isolated. <laughs> um, okay, moving on to Dave Powery. Subject is, hello, happy travelers. Dave says, hi, guys, and he spells it correctly. G-U-Y-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z. Hi, guys. 
He says, I know you're off this week, and on this was from last week, he said, I'm just getting caught up on the shows. Look at the link below. It might cure the second screen issues you're experiencing. Let me just pause and say, okay. Dave was amongst many people that gave me suggestions on a small, portable second screen that I am going to take advantage of. And uh, he suggests, uh, uh, he sends me an Amazon thing. It's very cool. They're very thin. And all they are is just second screen monitors for people like myself, busy working from homers. Um, maybe have your technical advisor, Dan, Dan Duran, research this for you. Uh, Ian Service sent me a couple, uh, one idea. Dave, a few others. He finishes by saying, stay strong, fellas, and safe travels. Resting heart rate, high 70s, low 80s. Bowel movements, decent consistency, but not as frequent as I would like. <laughs> and that can be an issue. Hmm. Sure it can. Absolutely. That's what I was saying. It can be an issue. That's why I was surprised at Buddy Boy there a little, uh, a couple of uh, emails ago. Resting heart rate of 54, yet constipated? That The two don't seem to go hand in hand with me. But what do I know? I'm mm, not a doctor. It's alarming. You are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wait a minute. You are a doctor. You, you must also be a doctor. You prescribed B12 to me. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Or, you know, maybe I come to find out that you've got some stock in a B12 company. <laughs> I uh, wish. I'll tell you what. We have uh, lots of people that do uh, support this program and... Uh, before we move on to another segment of this show, we would like to acknowledge the uh, fine support, Frederick. Yeah, whether you're a sports better, a horse racing fan, a poker casino player, Bodog, your number one source of online gambling entertainment from their industry-leading odds, world-class sportsbook, and feature-rich excuse me, poker room to their fully loaded casino and race book. They've been providing Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since 1994. Is that it? Are you done? Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Okay. Because you're very efficient with that one. I was... You caught me right in the middle of looking something up. Let's just listen to Leafs this. Leafs are playing Philadelphia tonight, I can tell you that. Leafs are playing Philadelphia. Yes. Philadelphia, another team that over the past two or three years has bypassed the Maple Leafs. Yeah, it's too bad, man. I feel bad for mm-hmm. you. Uh, here's a little sports update while I still try and find this thing. Um, we were talking about the Super Bowl numbers a couple days ago, 123 million. Where the, it, it was the U.S. rating, and was wondering out loud. I wonder how many Canadians watched it. According to my research, nearly half the country, at one point or another, was watching that game. Yeah, I saw this story. One in three Republicans believe Taylor Swift is in a covert government effort for Joe Biden to win the election. This is a... I'm sorry, they believe what? One in three Republicans believe Taylor Swift is in a covert government effort to reelect Joe Biden. They actually believe that. It was a, uh, you know, a poll, a survey. Uh, yeah. So that's what you're dealing with. Well, that's my new thing now. So the re- while the rest of us Google things, those people mm-hmm. goober them. <laughs> hey, where'd you find that out? I goobered it. All right. Uh, here's the uh, 
Here's what I want to say. A couple days ago, we were talking to our friend Mike Kazarian, one of the broker owners of Lender's Choice Mortgages, independently owned and operated member of the Mortgage Alliance, license 13582. What a hot topic. Hot topic. In the next year to two years, millions of Canadians are going to have to remortgage. And it's not going to be like the old days. As we pointed out, no one's getting 1% and 2%. Those rates are up. And now a, there couldn't be a better time for you at least figure a, a meeting or two with a mortgage broker like Mike Kazarian. He's been at this game a long time, man. And what they do is they shop around for you. What most people have done, myself included, I'll just go to the bank. Hey, what do you want me to do this time? And then, you know, make a decision, variable or fixed. In this case, Mike and the team at Lender's Choice have access to over 75 lenders. They shop around for you. And they, they have no preferences to any one lender. So what they're trying to do is to get the solution that works best for you, for your mortgage financing needs. And this ain't, we're not screwing around here anymore. A, a, a quarter point, a half a point makes a big difference in how much you're going to be paying when you renew. And now couldn't be a better time to get a hold of Mike Kazarian. Uh, some Humble and Fred folks already have paid him a visit. And you should be one of them too. You don't, even if it's not coming due in the next couple of months, as you said the other day, start working on next year's mortgage renewal now by getting a hold of Mike Kazarian at Lender's Choice Mortgages, lenderschoicefred.ca. Right on. Right on. One in, so you say that again. One in three Republicans. One, yes. People that say, claim, will vote Republican. Right. Taylor Swift is in a covert government effort to reelect Joe Biden. Yeah. Uh, that's what they think. And how's this for a double reverse? Uh, Vladimir Putin says he would prefer, Russians would prefer Biden over Trump to win the election. Uh, because uh, Biden is more predictable. You know, and more experienced than Trump. But you know why he's saying that? Because he's, you know, revving up uh, Republicans. We can't have that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, did you? I Some of the stuff that came out of Tucker, mm-hmm. Schmarmy Tucker Carlson's visit to Russia and then the reaction to it. It's, again, I'm old enough to remember, so are you, when... You know, Americans, forget Canadians. I'm mm-hmm. old enough to remember when Americans distrusted, hated all things Russian. Yeah. And now you've got yeah. elected officials. Forget Tucky. Mm-hmm. You've got elected officials that are siding. This mm-hmm. Tommy Tuberville idiot siding yeah. with Russia and Putin over the invasion of a sovereign state on this planet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So nothing surprises me anymore. Nothing. This Putin's cagey because you know he wants Trump to win that election for many reasons. It's obvious. But he comes out publicly and says Biden. Yeah, he is cagey. Yeah, smart. Yeah. He's KGB cagey. Yeah. I like that. Uh, You know who's joined us? You know who's joined us now? Where is he gone? Uh, Did I I lose him? Oh, no. There he is. Stand by. Uh, our producer, Toronto Mike, he's uh, going to join us early today. We got no Dan Duran. See what Mike's up to now. Maybe Mike can join us on a roundtable discussion. 
Howard Fred. I've hired a group of forensic experts. We're going to go through the Facebook feed like it's a Sapruder film and find out who is the slurper. Because I need to know, like, which one of you two is the slurper? I think it's me. Mm-hmm. I don't hear really? it. What it's worth, I don't hear it. Like, I have never heard your show and said, oh, there's a big slurp. But maybe I don't. I'm not, like, turned off by the slurping. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I love that. A little forensic yeah, you audit. I, you know what? This show could use a forensic audit. Yeah, for it to become an issue, you'd think it would be, like, painfully, painfully obvious. Like, oh, my goodness. And if oh, I no. heard it, I think I would pass a note to you. Howard, oh, we, I know you would. Oh, I know you would. You wouldn't hold back. No. Or Dan. Dan would fucking tell you, right? Dan would <laughs> That's right. Slurping. Yeah, Dan would be for sure. Um, Mike, how, how old are you? Because like, my kids are 26 and 29. Fred's children are a little bit older. And uh, you're, you've got one child in, your, in his early 20s. 22. So I have a 22-year-old, a 19-year-old, and then I got the 9 and the 7-year-old. But you've been in the workforce a long time. And the reason I'm setting it up this way is... The workforce has changed. You know, we're all working from home, even as we do this show. And my one of my one and a half of my kids basically uh, works from home. Spencer has to only go in the office a couple days a week. You know, Fred's son, Danny, never in an office, really. But one of the problems with the way work works now for us, for all people, I should say. But there was a time in our younger years where people would go home from work and work would finish. Are you old enough to remember that time, Mike? Uh, yes, somewhat. Like I was working in the late 90s, early 2000s, and it was like that. Yeah, before you had, I can tell you, I worked for like a decade before I had a uh, cell phone, like before I had a mobile phone. I feel like the mobile phone is what tethered you to the office. Well, the reason I bring yeah, it up, you, go ahead. Once your once email was available in your right. hand, smartphone changed everything. Yeah. And smartphone. Well, I, but no, but e- emails were emails. Uh, like maybe I'm, I, I feel like emails preceded smartphones. But but when you but when you could, no, but but to carry them around right. with you, your email. Oh, I see. Yes. What you're saying, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the reason I bring it up is Australia has introduced uh, a law. It's called the right to disconnect law. That gives workers the rights to tell the right to tell their boss respectfully to leave him alone outside of business hours. And, and I didn't know this, but apparently the Ontario government under the hated Mike, uh, what's his name? The hated Doug uh, what's Ford. Ford, Ford, Mike Doug <laughs> Harris. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I just said hated and thought of Mike Harris right away. The Ontario government passed a similar law in 2021 that required all businesses with over 25 employees to establish a similar similar policy. I'd never heard of this before. Have you? I remember hearing about that story. How do you police that? Well, I have my wife works still, right? So I have a working wife and uh, she works for a big bank and she has one phone that's like the work phone and then she has her personal phone so all the emails and teams chats and everything that's work related (laughs) is only on the work phone and she does actually she's very good at disconnecting like you know she takes the go train home and i don't think she touches the work phone until the next morning like this is something that more and more people are doing like for Mm -hmm. like work-life balance and mental health and all that but but it 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 must be a 
it, on some level, it's sort of scary, though, because you know you should do that for your mental health and for your family. But at the same time, those above you, their expectations, it's like, where were you? Why didn't, why didn't you do this? And if your response is, well, I have to disconnect for mental health, I mean... How does that sit with the powers that be like it's 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 touchy. The right to disconnect bill 27 working for a workers act was brought into uh, into it was passed in December on December 2nd, Mm -hmm. 2021. And it was a recommendation from the Ontario Workforce Recovery Advisory Committee. And uh, there's all kinds of policies. But I I brought it up because I thought I know Fred would have. Something to say about this because our lives have all changed. And I was talking to Charlie, my eldest daughter, the other day, who works mostly remotely. One week a month, she has to go and be at her office in Manhattan, which is cool. But it sounds cooler than it really is because it's a drag for her some days. But I said to her the other day, I said, we know what's going on. I couldn't get a hold of you. And she said, well, I was working. You know, I work till like 630 or 7 because she's she's on her own. So if she has work to do, she just does it. Where... Mm -hmm. You know, we grew up in a world where most people prior to connectivity could just go home and that was it. Whereas our right. children don't have a lot of a lot of people don't have that luxury anymore. No. Personally, I think something the government's got to look at and uh, it was exposed again this week by Bell laying off. 10% of their workforce to 4,800 people. I've just heard some shit show uh, f- stories about people being let go. And this new concept with these companies, you let three people go, and then one person has to do their jobs now. So you had a job, and it was your job. Two other people are let go, and now you've got three jobs to do. And they just expect this to be done. And again, that might be dramatic. One person has to now do three jobs. But I'll tell you, there's a lot of situations now where a person gets let go and it's just assumed that somebody already on staff will cover that job. They've really got to look at that because it's not it's not fair, especially Bell, who received what? Hundreds of millions, hundreds of of millions in government subsidies during covid And now they're just throwing people onto the street. And again, I've heard some stories. I want to get into the detail that all of a sudden people showed up to work and it was like they there was no direction. There was no they weren't told who was going to do this, who was going to do that. That whole thing has been so mismanaged from a broadcasting standpoint that it's going to bring a lot of people down. I mean, you want to talk about mental health. Mm -hmm. (laughs) How ironic. Yeah, no, I know. Ironic. Um, Mike, you're a, a fan of the Prime Minister. I'm somewhere in the middle. I know Fred. Fred always prefaces anything with Trudeau by saying, "Everybody knows I'm not a fan of Trudeau." But well, when when you're pointing out something that you admire, I did pick this audio up, and I it was earlier in the week, and I've lost it now. But there's a about a 90 second clip of Trudeau reacting to the Bell layoffs, and he's fucking pissed. And I was very, you know, I was. Being a broad, former broadcaster, I don't know what we're doing now, but mm-hmm. it was pretty strong language, pretty strong um, condemnation. And what made me think of it is just that. Basically talking about we all these companies are getting subsidies and got subsidized. And, you know, it's also, and he, he spoke to the fact that a shrinking media in Canada is not good. Well, how about asking for the money back then? How about that? 
look at all the money that Bell's going to save by letting all these people go. You know, run a tab. What did we give you during COVID when you were crying poor? Because yeah. you wanted to save your employees. Yeah. Give it back. Let's get our, we want our money back. Mike, what can we do? Yeah. Well, I'm glad you're bringing up the radio stuff because I always wanted to talk to you guys because you're a long time. Do you guys know Stuntman Stu? Does that name mean anything to you? I, 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 only, I only know of it because of uh, the story you're about to bring up. Okay, so I was talking to John Pohl yesterday, and, you know, this is Ottawa mm-hmm. Radio. I don't hear any audio, Ottawa Radio, but this beloved guy, member of the community right. who, like, uh, fought cancer, he does a great job, been there forever. They turfed him. Like, he got turfed. I think he got, it looks like he got turfed because he made too much money. I don't know how much money Stuntman Stu could have been making in Ottawa, but it's clear Bell doesn't give a fuck about radio. Like, they just sold off these 45 stations in smaller markets, and now, like Howard said, they want everyone to do more with less as they just, like, you know, they cut a couple of people at Chum uh, last week. I just wonder your thoughts on, like, why does Bell own stations? They clearly don't want to be in the radio game. Well, I think because when they bought it, it seemed like a good business to be in. But as we all know, it's changed dramatically. And I know you know what an EBITDA is, and I know you got to return so much, so many cents on the dollar for your shareholders. I get all that. But my my, it's the entertainment industry. Like honestly, you must entertain to make money. How is it that you reduce your staff? make your product less entertaining and expect that to have a good result. Well, because I just don't get it because the people who are making decisions about money, they're not in the entertainment business. And and most of the people that, you know, from when we were younger, that were in the entertainment part of the entertainment business, they've, they've all been shuttled away. Mm -hmm. We all, we always mention the bean counters, but it's people, you know, people who are more worried about EBITDA, then what's coming out of the speakers, those are the ones making the decisions. You know, I look at, I, I, I try to think of analogies. You know, I'm a potato chip company and are sales you? are down a bit. Do I make the potato chip shittier? Do no, I make the potato, do I make them taste not as good? Do, like, you no, know what I mean? What, like, no, to use your analogy, what potato chip companies do is they, they put less in the bag. Yeah. That's how yeah. they do it. They they shrink mm-hmm. the they shrink the potato, which is the entertainment part. Shrinkflation, they call they, it. Well, but they shrink the amount of mm. potatoes. Um, you brought up Stuntman Stu, who is uh, mm. a big, uh, legendary uh, Ottawa radio broadcaster. Another legendary radio broadcaster in Ottawa is someone that Freddie and I both admire. We worked with, and I just love the shit out of her. So she's on a radio station, um, Kiss. 105.3 Stuntman Stu was on the competitive radio station mm-hmm. and whenever this was announced that Stuntman and his crew were being let go hang on a second where's that oh that's just that okay so when it was announced that they'd, they'd been let go our friend Sandra did something that's so fucking classy just have a, have a listen hold on how do I get this, Mike? I'm trying to play a clip. Oh, there it is. Okay. 
pretty big day in the radio world. Uh, yesterday was World Radio Day. And for people in radio, it uh, it's kind of like our Christmas. It's kind of like a day where we talk about all the great... So funny, I had no idea it was World Radio Day. Great jobs that we've had, and we kind of celebrate this industry that we love so much. And uh, if you follow anybody on radio, on social media, 100% you saw them take a picture of themselves saying, Happy World Radio Day in front of a microphone, and uh, we do love World Radio Day. However, uh, you may have heard that yesterday another radio station in Ottawa made some major changes on World Radio Day. Uh, Stunman Stu, Angie Poirier, and Janelle were sadly let go from Move 100, which used to be formerly Magic 100. Typically, we do not, as you guys know, you listen to this radio station, we do not talk about other radio stations because there are competitors and competition is tough these days. But I will say this, this one really, really hurt. Yes, we are competitors when the when we're on the air, for sure. But when the, we're off the air, you may not know this, we're all actually, most of us are actually just friends and we're brothers and sisters in the same industry. Many of us have worked together at other radio stations in the course of our careers. And we're just people who hang out and we love to be on the radio and we get to do what we love every single day. And that's like, that's just us, right? That's what we do. Right. I mean, so anyway, she went on. I, I, it's a longer clip, and if you're interested, it, it, you, you'd really love it. But she, I just love the fact that she had the balls to go on mm-hmm. and acknowledge another radio station. And she goes on to say that she's known these people and talks about Stu's cancer challenges and on and on and on. But I thought it was, a, and I sent her a little note. I said, you know, dude, it's so classy and such as, you know, I'm not surprised that she has the whatever, the, she has the wherewithal to pull that off. Right. Yeah. And so these people were just let go strictly for money because Bell has been so horribly mismanaged from a broadcasting standpoint over the past several years that you got to. That's what it comes to. Yeah. Um, Maybe that, you know, seriously, the writing's been on the wall for a while. Like, I know they're selling off those radio stations. Why not sell them all off? Get out of it. Get out of it now. You know, and the, the one encouraging thing, I think is that a lot of the 45 stations they're selling off are going to go to small businesses that are going to focus on community and all that, which which is great, because ideally, I guess, that's radio's function, really, isn't it? You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so for John mm-hmm. Paul, who bought four of these... Oh, Mike, uh, just froze, too. Everyone's frozen. I've never seen this happen. Uh, I'll get the fuck out of the way and let passionate radio people let it be a community station. Yeah, you guys yeah, both just but, froze. But, but wait, yeah. Oh, it's so ma- sorry about that, guys. Now you both just froze, but I guess that's my internet connection. That's, yeah, that's you. Okay, sorry. Yeah, yeah pick it up what you no, were saying no, there. Bob, I'm, we, we, we stopped. We, we missed what Mike said about John Pohl no, buying four stations. Just that he's going to retain his staff. Like everyone's going to keep their jobs working right. for his company and they're going to keep their existing salaries. He says now, and, we, and I hope, yeah. and I hope that's true because. But we've heard that before. When John Paul went into Peterborough originally, Dan Duran was a victim of that. So he went in and bought that station. I think at the time it was Magic or something. Now it's Oldies, and he reduced staff. 
you know, and again, I don't, when I listen to Peterborough Radio, that one in particular, I don't hear a lot of community talk. I don't hear a lot of serving the community with information. And, and didn't he own a station in Peterborough where he had Love of the, Bubba the Love Sponge on doing mornings? Well, even now, he's got a, a new rock station. The last I heard that the Woody Show out of Miami or something yeah, the was Woody the show. morning show. So, you know, you know, talk talk's cheap. Yeah, we'll, let's we'll see what happens. Now. Yeah, we'll hold his feet to the fire. Uh, quick so, note here, well, just okay. real quick. I, oh, you have a nine o'clock, no, right? No, I know. I just, I just want to say before we get off, Bill. So I'm watching the uh, CTV news. I happen to flip it around. I thought, okay, I'm down here. I want to keep in touch with Toronto. And at the end of the CTV news, as they're signing off, one of the anchors says, and a special hello to our listeners on News Talk 1010. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, yeah. that's right. Yeah. They simulcast the TV news. Mm-hmm. Anyway. There's no news team at 1010. That's, and that's what crazy to me. Famous for. Yeah. And, 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 and that's what I struggle with. It's like, you know, you, again, you're sitting at the boardroom table. You know all these moves are making your product worse. So what's the end game? And I know it's to get, you know, more money for sure. I get that. But you're just going deeper and deeper. What is your end game if every day you sit down and you know that this product we have is going to be inferior? Right. Like, uh, uh, it's something. Mike, what did you want to say while I try and find Dan Duran's extra here? To bring it back to Humble and Fredland here uh, and stay in the radio games, what I noticed, a sneaky move I noticed, so Bell's getting all the press because they're selling 45 stations and they're letting go 4,800 people. So when that's the big noise, I notice Chorus sneaks under and does all these sneaky cuts, like not as significant as Bell's, but right under the radar, nobody talks about, but a bunch of moves at Global. And I just want to shout out former producer of Humble and Fred who got the tap on the shoulder this week. Do you know who I'm talking about? No. Bobby, did he? Bingo? Yes, sir. Bob, no. the great radio lover, passionate Bob Willette, who worked in Kingston uh, running a couple of stations there. He got the tap on the shoulder and said, Bobby, stay in East York. Your services are no longer required. Oh, and they that won't sucks. I know it sucks. And this is what I'm saying. This game, like, this is a guy who won awards. He still believes in radio, unlike everybody on this fucking Zoom. And he's a hard worker. <laughs> and he's gone. Yeah, we don't we don't not believe in radio. Well, <laughs> you can speak for yourself there, but go ahead. Fred. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, I talked to him a couple of weeks ago. I think he knew it was coming. Um, yeah, it's inevitable. You know, now I guess his station will be given to, you know, somebody that has another station. So they'll just pile it on another person. Right. Because that's what they do. And apparently the guy at another station in that chain has been off work for some time because of mental stress or whatever, I guess brought on by all this shit. I don't know. Is it true they can't let you go if you're on, like, uh, mental health leave or something? I think that's uncouth. Everybody should do it. Everybody in the industry. (laughs) Well, that was the move, right? Say you're an alcoholic and they pay for you to get, you know, sober and and then they can't fire you for your shittiness because you had a addiction issue. If I'd have just known, I could have used that... uh, Excuse several times. Mental health and alcoholism. Well, why not? (laughs) Well, that's too bad. I'm going to give... I got to write that down because I'll forget it. I got to give Bob a... Bob a shout. That's too bad, man. Yeah. No, it sucks. I felt bad for Bob because, you know, he's here once a month now and I've grown tight with this guy and he loves radio and he's good at it. Mm Mm-hmm. It sucks. It sucks. Yeah. 
It uh, it certainly does. Freddie, are you up to date here? I, I'm not sure. I've lost track. Are you? No, all? I have one. Okay, we should do it because I'm waiting for our nine o'clock guest. Okay, as we are going to uh, interview somebody here in a second, as soon as they uh, join our Zoom, and uh, Mike, you can hang in for a second as well until that happens. We'll. Um, by the way, just and Mike, we'll we'll have to let you know we're we're taking family day off because we respect the family, obviously. <laughs> well, I assumed as much. Oh, yes. So next week will be Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. All right. The Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan Canada's number one group benefits plan for small business. Chamberplan.ca is your destination if you want to find out more about this. You can actually get a free quote. Yes, you can. Uh, Small business, one employee, two employees, up to maybe 100 employees. Uh, It's a great concept. All these small companies together make it possible to buy insurance to look after everyone be it prescription, dental, there's travel insurance that we've often spoke about, there's therapies that are available, mental health component, HR component. It's really, you know what it is? It's cutting edge. Uh, and, you know, they do a great job in holding the line on premiums year to year. Of course, they're going to go up a bit, but you know what? They do a great job overall of holding the line. They really do because it's important to small business. Of course it is. It's the Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, Canada's number one group benefits plan for small business. Chamberplan.ca. All right, Mike, we have our guests uh, getting comfortable in our Zoom green room. And we'll say hi to Adam. Adam, can you hear us okay? I can hear you there, Howard. How are you? Fantastic. Uh, Adam Sheffer uh, is joining us, the co-founder of Originate Developments, a uh, developer known for his fresh lens to home and city building. He built Originate Developments portfolio over the past five years. An impressive, Adam, 2,900 units, an estimated market value of, I think this is right, $2.5 billion, with a B, for Originate Development's next project, Reside on Richmond, Adam has partnered with Scotty Barnes, Toronto Raptor, and NBA's one, a Rookie of the Year in 2022 to create a purposeful amenities program for his future home in the city. And uh, we welcome you to the show, my friend. How are you? Thank you, guys. Great to be here. Uh, I feel like I've, I've lived a full day already. It's been a morning, uh, but I'm excited to be here. Well, we're excited to have you. Let's just begin with what is what is your opinion of the state of the housing market in the GTA? It's a good question. Uh, you know, I think we're really stuck in a little bit of a quagmire where we've got less housing per capita than almost any other city in the G7. But at the same time, housing has become quite unaffordable. So we're stuck in a, you know, it's hard to build it because people can't afford to buy it, but we need it mm-hmm. sort of world. So what can be done about that? It's a good question. I mean, I think uh, I think a lot of it is just going to be time. You know, we know interest rates are going to go down. We know the costs are going to fall over time as, as trades have a little bit less work on their plate. Uh, but there's not a ton that can be done on the private side. You know, I've mm-hmm. heard developers call out and say, we pay about $200,000 in government fees on each unit we build. And people say, well, we should be cutting that. And, and as you know, someone who's building these houses, I certainly hear that and appreciate it. It would make my job a lot easier. But on the flip side, I also see where that money's going, you know, building right. roads, building sewers, going towards schools. So I, I don't think there's an easy answer. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it says here the government has a target uh, in Ontario of 1.5 million new homes in the next eight years. Do you think the government will get through with on that on that target? 
not even close. I don't think we'll get halfway. And so why do they set these targets, obviously, if they can't achieve them? I mean, I think they set the target on what we need. I think that number came from a CMHC study that says this is what we need. If we want to have a house, a healthy housing market with a fair amount of vacancies, so the tenants have freedom of choice and landlords aren't able to raise rents, that's what we need. But on the other hand, we, we don't have the construction workers to do it, even if we had the market, but, but we don't have yeah. the market today to, to get that going. Now, as a builder, would, would you like to uh, continue to see housing prices go up? Is no, that good for you? I don't think that's good for anybody. Uh, okay. You, you know, everybody wants to exist in a stable market. Toronto, there's been up and, ups and downs, and it's very unstable. Talking mm-hmm. to, you know, that peak of the market in early 2022, I can tell you, when we look back at that, people say, wow, the prices were so high. These developers were raking it in. But when mm-hmm. we were sitting there that quarter, we were saying costs are skyrocketing. We're terrified. You know, it's, it's interesting in the real estate business, especially in Canada, it, this isn't the case in the U.S., is we sell the units and then we build them over the, you know, a three to five year period for sales. Unlike mm-hmm. any other business that's created the product, knows what it costs them and goes to sell it. So there's a lot of fear on our end because pricing and costs rise at the same time. We're mm-hmm. scared that we're going to sell a product thinking that we can build it to that price and then see the market continue to escalate over the next five years and run into trouble. Right, right, yeah. Now, you've, well, said, uh, you've said a few times that building more homes is the solution, but isn't that just lining the pockets of builders like yourself? I mean, it's like saying we have more people. We got to sell more groceries. That's lining the pockets of Galen Weston. Like I, I hear you. If there's an industry, there's going to be somebody making money. Um, but I think it just comes down to the products we need as a country. We, we wouldn't say that about the dairy farmers or the the cattle farmers. We just need more of a product. And there's a lot the government can do that helps bring costs down and bring down certainty. Like in any other business, the profit we need first is dictated by those who finance us. The banks say you need to have a 13% profit margin on paper because we know you won't really achieve that. And if you have less, we won't finance you. It doesn't matter who you are. And anything above that is this margin of safety that comes from a degree of fear saying, what if costs jump 20%? Yeah. And I think that more certainty means we can work for slimmer margins, uh, but we're certainly not in that world today, right? There's no certainty. But on, uh, you know, condos, like nothing's cheap nowadays, but why are developers charging so much for condos now? Yeah, I mean... When you consider what you get, yeah. Yeah, so our cost has gone up a ton and it's not just the hard cost, right? Cost to build have gone up a lot. I'll give you the example of HSD. When I started, you know, working for someone else in this business almost 15 years ago, the way that HST worked was that there was a, you know, you charge 13% HST off the purchase price and you get a $24,000 rebate and condos then were three, 400 grand, which meant you're paying very little HST today where the average unit's a million dollars, that 24,000 rebate's still there. So we're paying mm. something like $120,000 of HST right. on the average unit. And as prices go up, we're still paying that HST on the increased price, a commission on the increased price. So a lot of that increase goes towards governmental fees. Well, and, and I'm not trying to... Sorry, go no, ahead. No, no, but I was going to say, no, no, please continue, because I was going to just jump in quickly. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. And, and at the same time, we hear people talk about development charges, which is the other big fee we get hit with. And those rise with construction costs. The same guy who's forming the concrete on the building is going to be doing the curbs on the road and doing infrastructure and sewers. So as we see that increase in price, uh, 
so too do development charges. And I think fundamentally just one of the major problems here is that people refer to Chicago a lot. Chicago has less than 20 cranes in the sky right now. I think the number is 15. Mm-hmm. 180,000 construction workers. We have 350-something cranes in the sky, and we have 20% more construction workers than them. 20 wow. times more cranes, 20% more construction workers. Wow. But, back to the, but back to the prices and, and the, uh, the, the taxes, the government talks about wanting more homes and more, mm-hmm. more, more affordable living, and yet they make it unaffordable for developers to do it. Why are the units small? Uh, why are the unit sizes getting smaller than, than before? It's, it, it's still a price point game. There's a lot of people that want to buy units, whether they're a first-time home buyer or an investor, and there's a certain price point they can afford. So we have to build to that price point, and right. with raising costs, that means smaller sizes. And I think we've hit the terminus of that size now. I don't think things can get smaller. That makes sense. Code, but yeah. So that doesn't necessarily mean more profit for the developer either, does it? No, it doesn't. I mean, looking at today, uh, last fall, there were 30-something condo launches, and I think two of them have achieved enough sales to go to construction. So developers Mm. are pricing as as sharp as they can, and there's still a disconnect. You know, Mm. we talk a lot about uh, interest rates on this show. We've got one of our sponsors as a mortgage broker. And, you know, often, I mean, when I think about mortgage rates going up and having gone up, I'm always thinking in my head about, about homes. How are interest rates contributing to your problems? More on the, the consumer sentiment side. Interest is certainly a cost we pay, and that you know further increases the price we have to charge to make that minimum margin. Uh, but that's not the biggest swing. You know, that might mean we have to charge 2 or 3% more on a unit than we would in a lower interest rate climate. The bigger challenge is purchasers not being able to qualify for mortgages and afford what they could have afforded a few years ago. Mm-hmm. So our costs have risen to the point that we can't bring the, you know, the, the unit price down, but people can't afford the mortgages they previously had. So what would you to say, uh, say to someone looking to buy a condo unit, given all we've just talked about? Because it could freak you out a bit. Yeah. I mean, what I would say today is I always go back to fundamentals. I don't like thinking that I'm smart enough to read the future, but I'll tell you this. Downtown condos need to sell for about $1,500 a foot now to be able to make the costs work. I'm seeing some deals on buildings that are closing today that, you know, it sold four years ago where they're 30 or 40% below that. Wow. If I were looking for a condo, I would buy that because you know you're buying well below replacement value. Just thinking about pure fundamentals, if you can buy something for less than it costs someone else to make it, I think that's a good decision. Uh, and that's interesting hearing you say that from a guy that built it. But what are your thoughts then, given what you just said, on the ridiculous rent and mortgage rates that people are currently play, uh, paying in the GTA? Yeah, I, it's, I wish I had a solution to it. I, I see it. I remember an old Onion article in New York saying they only recommend you spend 150% of your income on rent. <laughs> um, we we, yeah. we see it. And, um, you know, that, that goes into what we're building. That's one of the reasons we build smaller units or units that can fit more people in them because that allows people to, to rent share. Yeah. And I think one bedroom is we're starting to see become a little bit less popular than they used to be because it's hard for someone to afford that rent. Whereas a two-bedroom that might cost 20% more now has two tenants in it. And that allows people to, to split the rent. And I think that's sort of where we're going, yeah. that there's going to be less single occupiers and more more roommates, more couples moving in together faster. Right. 
So given the prices and interest rates, like what encouraging things could you say to a potential buyer? This is a good idea because? I think I would still, you know, like I was saying before, go completely back to the fundamentals. Toronto's mm-hmm. a great city. Uh, everywhere I go just reminds me of how great of a city Toronto is and how lucky mm-hmm. I am to live there. And I think that we don't have enough housing units. We have quite a bit of immigration. People have been moving to cities historically. And it's where I invest. And I would you know, say I, I think it's one of the best places to, to invest because you know it's where people want to be. Yeah. And, you know, just to finish things off with Adam um, Sheffer, I want to say, like, you know, mortgage price, mortgage rates have gone up. And, of course, one of the great conversation starters in Toronto is, what did you pay for your place? What is it worth now? So where do you see real estate prices going in the next five years? So I think that housing prices are going to be pretty stable. I think that downtown condos have taken a pretty big hit, and we're going to see that downtown come back, and prices get stronger there where the periphery stays pretty stable. And I think that's what's going to allow construction to go back. You know, during COVID, we saw a lot of people move to the periphery, taking more space over uh, transit-oriented locations. And I think we're going to see a slow shift back, and that'll reactivate construction. Adam is the uh, co-founder of Originate Developments. Where would you like people to go, Adam, for more information about this? You can check us out on Instagram at Originate Developments or our website, originate.build, B-U-I-L-D. And uh, on a personal note, where are you right now? I am in Miami. My wife is uh, my wife's a social worker and has quite a bit of time off school. And I, I didn't want to be away from the kids for too long. So I am working from a Starbucks in Miami today. Okay. Because I, I, I knew you were somewhere in a public place. Yeah. And at one, point I was, I, at one point, I wanted you to turn around and go, I'm on with Humble and Fred. Do people not get it? But we do. You know, I, I, I was trying to work my in-laws condo, and they're chipping the balconies today. So oh, I set up in a little corner away from everyone. I hear the jackhammer going, and I'm like, I, I got to escape. Listen, I ran man. across the street. Great talking to you and and great information from the co-founder of Originate Developments. Adam, I hope this won't be the last time we talk. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Thank you, my friend. Good to see you. Yeah, you can just let yourself out, Adam. We've got more show to go. There you go. It was interesting what he was saying. Interesting? Yeah. What he said about number of cranes in the sky. I've mentioned this to you before. You haven't been in our neighborhood, uh, the worldwide headquarters of Humboldt and Fred. I'm not sure when the last time you visited, but maybe when I had the flood. So between, um, I want to say Royal York, but even east of that. So just a few blocks east of Royal York, but not as far as Park Lawn, all the way to Kipling, including where our office is, there's five or six condo developments. Mm-hmm. And I've been in that neighborhood for eight years. I've never seen anything like it. And it goes to what he was saying about the need for new homes and new spaces to live in the city. I, I think it's, it's good for us because we have a, a unique space in that neighborhood, but there's a lot of units going up. Lots of them. You touched on something, too, which always amuses me you know he said hst you know on the price of a condo now is huge you know on a million dollar condo which isn't that far out of the norm that's probably more than most people just the hst alone is probably more than people can save as a down payment yeah 
Like things are so out of whack. So how about the government coming out and saying, you know, for the next uh, whatever period of time, we're suspending the HST on new housing. How about something like that? Yeah, give us a break. Because it's, you know, when real estate escalates as it does, that's just that's just bonus newfound money for the government as from a tax perspective. Yeah. No, I know. It's fucked up, man. It's it fucked up. Uh, Toronto Mike, uh, he's just sitting on a big pile of cash there in his <laughs> Toronto Mike headquarters. <laughs> Howard, you said units going up, and I said shout out to Dan Duran. Dan Duran, who's not with us, he's very sick. His cock jokes. Cocky jokes. Look at Mike. I'm here for the cock jokes. Who doesn't? All right. So, as Mike mentioned before our interview, there that we're going to be. Off Monday, because we respect the family. Yeah, so, um, back Tuesday. Who's uh, with us Tuesday, Michael? Tuesday is the return of Jeffrey. Uh, sorry, Jefferson Lumby. Yes. I almost called him Jeffrey. So, Jeff Lumby will be Tuesday. But Wednesday is going to be fun. And I hope Dan is recovered because it's about a guy who promises he can make your penis bigger. Thank God. Do uh, you remember this oh, guy? Oh, right. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. So, you know, measure your cocks before uh, this uh, this meeting, and then we'll see. We'll track the progress. Engorged and flaccid. I want. Yeah, yes. this is what we. You know what? This is the this is the reason none of our loved ones listen to this thing. No one wants to hear grandpa. Yeah. <laughs> no one. No one wants that conversation with the abuelos. If it's about making your penis larger, maybe we should give Dan the day off. If you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Right. And Fred, yeah. remember we Dan, said you can, Dan, you can sit this one out. That's right. What's that, Mike? Remember we we're said we're not what? talking about the sack, okay, Fred? We know you got an enormous sack. No, we're talking about the penis. Fred's, right. Fred's sack is like a yeah, sec. It's right. like it's like two second base, uh, fucking bases. <laughs> It's like a beanbag chair. It's, like a, it's a huge. Chair. He can sit on it. Seriously, that's right. He's like, how would you know? He's heard <laughs> the stories. Who hasn't heard the stories? Mm. <laughs> um, all right. Yeah. Thanks to uh, thanks to everybody. Thanks to everyone that emailed us and listened this week. We certainly appreciate it. We hope our good friend Dan Duran is feeling better. A couple new episodes of Aging with Andrew Energy. Energy is <laughs> coming up. Um, and this episode brought to you by Lenders Choice Mortgages. Boron One. Bodog, the Chambers Plan, the Retirement Sherpa, and Baby Jesus. For Toronto Mike, Dan Duran, and Fred Patterson, I'm Howard Glassman, using Dan's line and reminding you to enjoy every goddamn day. From the habitations of the towns we know, a place we saw the lights turn low, the jigsaw jazz and the get fresh flow, pulling out jobs and jamboree handouts, two turntables and a microphone, bottles and cans, and just clap your hands, or just clap your hands. Where's that? I'm